Okay, so we actually are coming to the last in our seven signs and seven I am series. And we all hear everybody go, oh, I love John's gospel, don't you? Yep, fantastic. This is actually, believe it or not, we're going to actually look at a passage that we looked at um, in the I am statements. Um, and so we're going to go over the same passage, but we're going to look at it slightly differently. We're going to look at it to try and get something else out of it. It's actually the passage that we're going to be looking at. Is, it's about the raising of Lazarus. And in that passage, Jesus claimed that I am the resurrection and the life. And so we're not going to focus on that section of the passage. We're going to focus on the sign and what that actually gives us. And it gives us an understanding of who Christ is. But it also gives us some things as followers, as disciples, that we can latch onto. So as we look at this, we see that the death and raising again of Lazarus actually gives Jesus an opportunity to reveal himself, reveal his power, reveal his divinity, and reveal that he is actually the resurrection and the life. I want to read to you the scripture passages so that we may know it and understand it. I'm going to do short sections of reading. So I'm going to do a little bit, then stop, a little bit, then stop, so we can kind of follow through. So we're going to be reading from John 11, verses 1 to 3, and then we're going to stop, have a pause, look at that, and then carry on. And we're going to look at seven different things that are going to allow us to get into this passage and understand the meaning for us and the significance of this. So the first is this. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So we find that Lazarus, in, in this passage of scripture, he is sick. And at this particular time, Jesus is travelling through an area and in a time in his ministry when he's ruffled a few feathers, when he's caused the leaders of the religious, uh, the religious leaders to to want to stone him, want to kill him, want to do anything to stop him speaking. He's become, instead of a welcome guest into houses, he's become an unwelcome guest. Primarily because he claims that he is one with God, the Son of God himself. And making these claims has caused him to, to be seen as either crazy or demon-possessed by other people. And even his own family had difficulty with him, him saying that. And apparently, they, you know, they, they even on occasion wanted him to stop this and come home because they knew that it would bring harm to him. But there was one family who opened their home to Jesus regardless and welcomed him in. And this is the family of, of Lazarus, of Mary and Martha. They lived in a town called Bethany, and that's just outside of Jerusalem. 
and their closeness to Jesus is the reason that the sisters felt that they could actually interrupt Jesus in his um, evangelistic endeavours around the area to interrupt him with a request to come back to their house because their brother is sick. We actually note that it shows the great love that Jesus had for this family that he was willing to go and do this. So what are the seven things we're going to look at? So the first is this. The first part of this is that we notice that when we look at the sign of the raising of Lazarus, of the sickness that Lazarus had and the raising up, we see that it helps us to, to understand that, that it will glorify God and to proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God. How do I get that? How do I get to that piece? Well, we get there when we have a look at Scripture and we read verse 4. Verse 4 says this, And when he heard this, that, that is, that Lazarus was sick, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that the God's Son may be glorified through it. So the first of our points that we have is that, that this is happening and, and God will be glorified through it and it will also proclaim that Jesus is God's Son. It will show that God's desire for everybody, human beings, to have life, have it in the fullness and to give life. It will show that Jesus Christ has the approval of God our Father that sent him into the world so that we may be saved through the actions of Christ. And I know it's hard to say this, but even in the death of Lazarus, we see that Christ is glorified. We see that God is glorified. And then we see that there's an opportunity for God to do work in that time. We see that there's a demonstration of God's power. We see that there's showing of compassion. We see there's strength of the faith of the believers. We see that there's a leading of unbelievers into faith. So the raising of Lazarus from the dead, both Jesus and God our Father is glorified as the life of the world. Let's jump on to the next part. The next of our points is this. The sign of raising Lazarus also shows Jesus' great love. And so we're going to jump back into our scripture again. And it's verse 5 this time. So we're carrying on. And now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It's interesting that each member of the family is mentioned here. Each member, it's not just Jesus loves the whole world. And so often when we hear churches say and we, we hear it time and time again, oh, God loves the world. And we think that's wonderful, that's great because it's all out there. It's nebulous. God loves everybody. But can he love me? And see, the thing here is it shows you that Jesus loves the individual, loves the individuals in this family. And also for us shows Jesus loves for us as well. Individually. 
that great love for us is shown through Jesus Christ. He names each of the members of the family in there and God names each and every one of you in his care as well. And the third point as we move along, I didn't want to spend too long on all of these points. But, you know, imagine doing seven points and spending you know, 45 minutes on each one. That'd be a long time. We're not going to do that. We're going to move through reasonably quickly. The third point is this, is to show the necessity of actually waiting for God in great crisis, in times of crisis. So let's jump on to the next verse. Verse 6. So when they heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there, stayed where he was two more days. I th- you know, for me at times, when I read this, I have problems with it. And I, I don't know about you, but if you, had, if you found out one of your good friends was sick, what would you go and do? You, you send them a text now, wouldn't you? you <laughs> I hope you're starting to feel better or, or whatever it might be. You want to be there, you want to get there. But see, the thing is, when we look at this, we need to understand a few things probably about the spatial arrangements and how, how back in the time when Jesus was there, that texts weren't around. You know, it was a messenger. And so when, when Mary and Martha realised that Lazarus was really very sick, they had to go and get a messenger and then that messenger had to go and then find Jesus. You know, actually physically get up, you know, get up, walk, go to where Jesus was. So they needed to all, you know, know where he was preaching, what he was doing, where he was. So going out there, you know, probably at least a day, travel to get there, the messenger to get there. And then probably a day before, you know, Jesus actually gets himself organised to, to start to travel back and starts to wind things up. So we, we see here that even in great crisis, there's, a, there's an important lesson. So many times... And I know within, within life now that everything is instantaneous. You know, we want things now. You know, I, I remember when I was growing up and the advent of the microwave oven was an amazing thing because something that took a long time to cook in the oven and on stovetops that you could put it in the microwave and amazingly it cooked really quickly. Can you think about it now in terms of actually having to wait for something? You know, the old, older generations know this really well, that, um, that waiting for, for good things to happen in their life, waiting for you, know, you having to earn enough money to go and purchase the item that you've been looking for, waiting for something to happen is very important for us to actually understand However, we really live in a world where everything is instantaneous. We want it now. We don't even have to go down the road to a shop to hire movies anymore, do we? It's all on demand online. We just, you know, I want a movie. Well, let's flick through. What's the latest one? Here it is. And we get a bit grumpy if, if it's released in the United States before it's released in Australia. And they've got it a day early. And we're going, oh, how dare they? You know, can I work my way around to get it the moment it comes out? 
I think we have lost the nature of being able to wait for things within our society. And I think what this is telling us is that, that even though there are good reasons why it actually takes four days for Jesus to get back to the tomb in Lazarus, that it is also partly in that waiting time that we can actually find the solace of God, that we can find the care of God, and that even in the crisis that we have, that we need to learn to wait upon our Lord. At times the answer may be immediate, at times the answer may be wait and see what happens. It was actually Jewish customs that, that, that said, you know, when somebody died that you were to bury the, the person immediately. You didn't leave them around because it actually, and if you know a bit about Jewish customs, a lot of it was about keeping them healthy. And if you leave a dead body around for any length of time, it's going to, it's going to fester and have bacteria and all nasty things that make you sick. So they would bury their, their dead very quickly. And so messenger goes, says that Lazarus is, is sick, needs time, then Jesus needs to wait and complete his ministry that he's doing, and then he's got to travel back. And even I think in the travelling back, Jesus would have been probably held up in going because you, he would have had people going, oh, can you heal me? Can you do this? Can you do this? Talk to me now. If you, have you ever noticed how somebody who's really well-known and you might be walking along them and what happens is somebody stops and wants to talk to them and you then have to stop and wait and then you keep on walking and then somebody else stops and wait and all you want to do is get there but if you're going with them it's much slower this would have what it been like with the disciples going with Jesus it would have been walking back and coming back to to Lazarus but it would have taken him time because people would have been interrupting along the way We also know that Jesus also has a little thing about not doing things immediately if it's not the time to do it immediately. We see that in the first of the, the, the signs that we have with the water, the wine. You know, his, his mother wanted him to, to go and do something and he said, no, this is not my time. He still went and did it. As all good children should do for their mothers anyway. And you know, you know it is Mother's Day next week. Just, just to remind you, there are all those people who have mothers and want to do something special for them. Mother's Day next week. But listen to your mum. But let's move on from that. That's not the point I want to make. The next of the points is this. So we're going to move on. So, so we're going to, we, we need to actually realise that sometimes it's important to wait upon God in the crisis. And then also... It also teaches us the need to grasp the opportunities that are there for us. So we're going to go back to Scripture and we're going to read John 11 verses 7 to 10. So we can really you know, delve into it. We're going to delve into these, these passages here. So John 11, 7 to 10. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now Judea is where, where, where they, um, Mary and Martha were. And then the disciples go, but Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews, they tried to stone you and yet you were going back. So you can see they're worried. They're, 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 they're concerned of what's going to happen. They know that the religious authorities are wanting to, to kill Jesus, to silence him, to get rid of him. So why are we going back there? 
Why are we wanting to go and put ourselves in harm's way? It's to teach us that we need to grasp hold of every opportunity available that there is. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, but for, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. See, the thing is, when we realise that, Jesus says really powerfully when we look at this, that there are opportunities that even on my way back, there are opportunities for me to go and spread the good news of Jesus Christ so that I do not stumble on my mission. I'm going to move in the light of God. I'm going to move and go and show that God is there doing amazing things, that I am the Son of God and that I can raise the dead. And this is going to be a powerful thing. So he needed to go back even into harm's way to spread that love, to spread that care and to spread that message that God is the God of the living and can do all things. Pretty amazing, pretty powerful stuff. Now I'm just going to read on to the next one and then go to our next point. It's this, verses 11 through to 14. And after he'd said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus then Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he then told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. It's interesting because, you know, what was the messenger that came to Jesus? Lazarus is sick. And you know the thing, you know, you know when you're sick, what do you do? You sleep, you rest, you, you want to rest, you want to sleep. And so, you know, if... if the disciples are going, okay, so you've had a message that Lazarus is sick and Jesus is suddenly going, well, he's asleep. What are they going to think? Well, he's asleep. He's naturally sleeping. And Jesus goes, actually, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He's actually died. He's actually died and we're going back and we're going to wake him up. We're going to take him out of that final slumber and we're going to bring him back to life. And so what it shows us, in the, in the fifth point that I want to bring out of this, it shows that Jesus has great power over death. Even these disciples couldn't understand it, but he shows that Lazarus, his friend, he knew that he'd died. He knew that, you know, Jesus knew that he died and he was going back and saying, he's fallen asleep, he has died. We're going back to go and lift him up and restore him. It's really interesting to think just about a little bit of the language. He continues to call Lazarus our friend because he knows what is possible. He knows that he will be able to raise that him up because Jesus has that strong feeling for him, but he also has the power of God running through him.
He predicts exactly what he's going to do. And then we move on. The passage moves on. And we look at this little section that shows that that what Jesus did by waiting a little bit will strengthen the disciples a lot. So if we move into verse 15, and it says, just after he said, now Lazarus is dead, and he says, and for your sake I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So notice what, it does. notice what he says. He says, it's for your sake I'm glad that I was not there. It's actually there. It will help strengthen the disciples. It'll help strengthen their disciples' belief that Jesus has the power over life and death. He rejoices. Jesus says he rejoices that he wasn't in Bethany when Lazarus was sick. Why? Because they would have come to him straight away and wanted him to heal him of his sickness and kind of wouldn't have got that full power and full demonstration that God in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is God and that he is, what does he say? I am the resurrection and I am the life. It doesn't get him to claim who he really is. And so we need to have this situation, this situation, and it will allow the disciples to actually be strengthened to understand who Christ is for them and hopefully for us as well. This scene of of Christ being able to bring Lazarus back to the dead from his friend should strengthen our faith, should lift our hearts up. And then we move on. And I love this little bit because it's Thomas. And I love Thomas. Thomas always gets it, you know, so good and he just wants to jump in there or he, he's doubting about things. So, and, and then Thomas, let me come to the reading, verse 16. And then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us all go with him, let us all go that we may die with him. So he's talking about, let's, let's, you know, let's just not let Jesus go down to Judea and be stoned, but let us all go with him, all go with Jesus, and we'll end up with the same fate. It's kind of one of those things, because what it does is it actually shows what happens when you truly believe in Jesus Christ, when you truly believe in Jesus' power and truly believe in Jesus' sovereignty, you move from being afraid to actually being having the courage and the loyalty to follow Christ in any situation. And this is what this passage helps us understand, that we too need to have great courage to be able to claim Christ as our Lord and Saviour in all the situations that are in our life. It's a willingness to stand and die with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a willingness to acknowledge that Christ died for me, and for all of the world. It's a willingness to know that even in, in the midst of death and pain that God is working for the good of everything. And so they're the seven things I wanted to pull out. 
But I want us not just to leave it there. I want us to actually hear the rest of the passage. And so on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how many days? For four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Notice how you can have two different reactions to to good news and to, to somebody coming to you. Somebody's so much in their grief that they just can't move and stay there. And another person wanting just to hold on to the person that can give them hope and running to them. So Mary and Martha have completely different attitudes around this. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother... See, here's, here's the pleading. Martha's going to God to plead and want. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will do, give whatever you ask. See, the amazing faith that she has in Christ. And Jesus said to her, your brother, brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he, he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she's talking about faith and, and, and the end of times. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. You know, the, the big I am statement. Claiming who he is, foreshadowing what's going to happen to him at Easter. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And here's this. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you You are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. Such an amazing, bold statement. And after she had said this, he went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, see, she was in her own world and wrapped up and I couldn't, overcome by grief. Overcome, you know, and it, can you just imagine it? Here the sisters have given, you know, sent a message to Jesus to come as quickly as he can and yet he arrives four days late. What kind of friend are you that you arrive late to something so important that we, we just wanted you here at this time? I just don't want to come to you. Can you kind of hear that feeling that, that Mary would have had? But yet when she realises that Jesus is asking her to come to her. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when, Je- when the Jews had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn with them. So here you've got this crowd of people just... Just supporting, but you know, being there, not really knowing what to do. And you see, this is the case sometimes within death. You, people will surround you, may not have the right words, just want to follow you, comfort you. There'll be people who comfort you, people will give you words, people will give you hope. And people who will just be there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's the same thing, same response that Martha had. When Jesus saw her weeping and the tears that she was having, and Jesus and the Jews who'd come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And says, Where have you laid him? 
Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. It just shows you the compassion that Christ has for not only individuals but all of the world. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he have opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. There was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he's been there four days. Notice what the crowd was saying as well in all of this. Well, you could do this. Why couldn't you help here? So they had unbelief in the situation. Even though he was performing miracles, he's going, why can't you do this? Obviously you're not who you claim to be. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he'd said this, Jesus called into a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. It's such an important passage for us to actually really look at and really delve into because it is the is the I am statements of claiming who Christ is. It is the sign of raising Lazarus that shows you the glory and proclaims the glory of God and proclaims who Christ truly is. So these are the seven things I wanted you to get out of today's reading and to actually understand for yourself that, that even in the death of, of Lazarus, but also in the rising of it and the way the sisters interact and everything else, the way the disciples interact, that we can get these points out, that it shows us that, that this will bring glory to God and proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God. It shows that Jesus has a great love for each of every one of us. It, it shows the necessity of waiting for God, even in situations of crisis. It, it helps us, it teaches us the need to grasp any and every opportunity when it comes up to proclaim the name of Christ as Lord and Saviour. It also shows the power that Jesus has over death and it helps to strengthen our belief and it stirs us to be full of courage and full of loyalty, full of hope for the future that Christ has for us. So let's just pray together. Gracious Lord, we give you thanks and we pray that we may be able to take this moment just to hear your words, to sit within your scripture, to realise that comfort is found, hope is found, the glory of God is found, even in the dark moments of our lives. Lord, if we're facing a dark moment ourselves, if life is troubling us, we ask that you be with us now that you encourage us, that you lift us up, that you show us the way, you show us the truth, and you show us the life, Lord. I pray this in your holy name.
Amén.